Hello and welcome to the Sekiro Podcast. My name is Park Kelly and don't forget, as always, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at The Second Row. That's 2ND, not the word second. And this podcast is going out on every single podcasting app there is out there from Acast to Apple Podcast, from Spotify to SoundCloud, you name it, it's there. So don't forget to hit that subscribe button once you finish listening or even while you're still listening to this podcast. With me this week is the Connacht Centre, Shannon Tui, who plays her rugby for Tullamore and is starting to break into the fringes of the Irish national team. Hi, Shannon. How are you? Thanks for coming on. How is life in these really weird times we're living in for you at the moment? Um, I think it's kind of the same for everyone. I'm out of work myself. I work in a cafe in town, so we've been closed since end of February. So I'm out of work a while now, but it's given me time now to learn new things and spend time with my family and stuff, you know, things I hadn't got to do before. But I'm coming to a point now where I'm ready to go back to normality. <laughs> <laughs> Literally anything. Can I just start? Can someone give me a job to do? I don't mind at this Yeah, stage. that's all. I'm ringing my mom. I'm like, have you got any things to do at home? I can do the gardening or anything like that, you know? Uh. She's, well, she's delighted having me around and so it's great like you know I've been doing some reading as well I also bought some gym equipment so I'm working out from home as well so yeah so you, you're using the time to upskill yourself for the next season yeah yeah pretty much like uh, um last year I would have never thought of buying gym equipment you know but um no like it's been good like I'm out there every day unfortunately I live in a housing estate so I don't have any like room to be running around on the grass but I'm doing a lot of running on the road something I never would have thought I'd do either you know so it's it's been a big change 2020 for me so far but I'm, I'm just aiming to improve you know my strength my conditioning and this has given me the time to do it you know whereas before I was going to work I was coming home I was tired and then I had to get up for work the next day and I wasn't really pushing myself in my workouts so now I have that bit of time to do that do you think it takes some of the stuff you've learned and that kind of work ethic into when life turns back to normal and when you're balancing with work that you go this is kind of more where you need to be hitting again yeah like definitely like I'm like I know now like I, I can I can do these things you know from home you know whereas before I, I didn't like you know I was go, I, I'd been a member of a gym and I was driving to the gym and the thought of driving to the gym was harder than being in the gym itself you know so now I'm kind of in the mindset of wow, I can actually work out from home, get the same benefits, you know. And before the lockdown, I was eating out a lot, you know, because I was like, oh, I don't have time to cook. Like, I'm just trying to get leaner, trying to get stronger. You know, before this, like, all happened, I, I in my head, I thought I was eating well, but I really wasn't, you know. Um, so, yeah, like, it's, it's I, I hope to bring it all back into my normal routine when work comes about, and I know it's going to be tough, but I'm I'm committed to doing that. No, I know where I want to be, so yeah. Oh, good. It's it's it'll only make your rugby better as well. The the more committed on different levels you are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're in Tullamore. You play for Tullamore. How did you start playing for Tullamore? Um. So I was. I grew up in the GA background, like Camogie. My life still is a good part of my life. Um, and I went to college. I was in secondary school and they did, at the time they had a rugby team but I never took much interest in it and um, then it came to college and I was 17 going to college you know like I was very young and I ended up meeting um, two lads in my class Niall Kane and Dermot Tierney who's now my current boyfriend 
and they were big rugby heads. You know, they were both coaching under 18s teams at the time. And Niall was actually the coach of the Tullamore under 18s. And he said, look, we have a match this evening. Just come up and watch and, you know, see, do you think you'd like it? And I said, okay, sure, look, I'll go up and, and I'll have a look. You know, I don't think it's going to be for me. But so I showed up to watch the match and he handed me a pair of shorts and a gum shields. And he said, now, out you go, warm up. And I was like, what? No way am I going out there? You know, I had a I had a warm up, be taught how to tackle. And that was it. He put me out. And ever since that, I just been addicted to it. You know, I hadn't a clue what I was doing. Um, but I really enjoyed it. And I've been going back ever since. And... How quickly from starting did you get brought into the Ireland under eighteen sevens team? It was three months, I think. I have been playing. I it just came up. It was a. I was asked to go into the Leinster sevens trials, and sure, I was like, "All right, go on." Sure, I don't know what I'm at here, but like, I might as well. You know, one of the women in the club, um, Susan Bagnell, she actually brought me to my trials, and I I thank her to last every day for it. I'd say, but um. I just went and tried out and then ended up getting called into the Irish Sevens. They were going to Manchester. And yeah, I went to Manchester and came back. And I really enjoyed Manchester and it was a great experience. Like, And I was just so young at the time. I never, I still to this day never took it seriously, you know, like and going back if I could, I would have took it a lot more seriously than I did. And then I kind of fell into an age gap where I was too young for seniors and too old to play like province with under 18s. So I was just kind of just sitting there for another year, just playing club. Um, and that year we actually won the under 18s. So, yeah, I got two years of under 18s when I really probably should have only got one. <laughs> I was in my second year of college up against girls who were only in TY in fifth year, you know, like it was it was crazy. <laughs> Sometimes being born just near the the wrong side of a year helps yeah. your underage career. I think I was only two days um, off the mark. I think it was July 2nd and I'm <laughs> something like that. I was two days and the club was delighted, but I was kind of like, oh. But in, in in fairness, I did need that extra year, you know, to, just to get the basic fundamental skills of rugby. You know, I, I and, couldn't pass a ball, anything like that. I just ran, <laughs> <laughs> you know. What was that sevens tournament like? Um, oh God, it was it was very different. It was, you know, like there was girls there that you're looking at now. They're playing for the English senior team, and back then I didn't really understand, you know, like how big women's rugby would get or was at the time. You know, there was also girls in my team. They had none of them had some of them hadn't even played rugby before. They were just called up from athletics and stuff. So. It was very, it was interesting to see that anybody could kind of pick it up, like anyone could pick up the sport, you know, these girls, uh, like, and also we didn't train together, you know, Leinster, we trained up in UCD at the time, you know, there was one girl from Connacht, she didn't train with us, uh, Ulster, the same, you know, so we only met the weekend we left, so we all, it was a great bond, like, and I'm still friends with those girls to this day, we ended up playing uh, the Midnight Sevens together, you know, we went to Clifton together. You know, it was it was it was a bond I made like with these girls, and it was a really interesting tournament. Like, so that know. they became your sevens team going forward. Yeah, well, then I got to the point of I, I got that bit older, and then I wasn't really physically fit for sevens anymore. <laughs> I became the, I I fell more to fifteen side of things, which I enjoy. Like, I I love playing sevens and I love playing fifteens. You know, 
And um, but yeah, it was it was an interesting time. Like you know, I remember we were talking this time last year. You said when you're your happiest moments was bringing Tullamore to the AIL from how how's your time in Tullamore been? I I have to thank Tullamore from where I came from. You know they've always they've always supported me in all my decisions. You know, um, okay, we went up AIL and obviously we didn't do as well as we thought, but you know every girl went out there every match and said look we're going to do our best you know that's that and I can't fault anyone on the team I had a great coach at the time Colin Hughes and he really believed in every single one of us Um, and obviously we went down and I was at a point of where I was like okay look I really want to be playing that high standard of rugby higher standard you know I want to be playing against them international girls so I said it to my Tullamore coach at the time that I was thinking about moving to Galwegians for a year and you know just getting that bit of development um, and he was all for it he said to me look uh, come up and I'll sign the mm-hmm. papers for you now so I left and played with Galwegians for a year and even when I was playing with Galwegians like I'd come up on the starting sheet for Galwegians and the Tullamore girls would always you know text me saying best of luck or they'd share it on Facebook and stuff like that you know it's it's a really good club to be a part of, in th- in that sense. And I like they've always been supportive. Um, they just they want uh, you to develop. And how did you end up back playing with Tullamore? Um, due to personal commitments and work commitments, you know, I was traveling at the time. I barely had any time, you know, for myself. I decided that I'd go back and play with Tullamore for another year. Um, and that's what I did. And they were welcoming me back with open arms. So when everything stopped, you're back in Tullamore. I'm also playing dual status with Setonians at the minute too. So yeah, I have a lot going on. <laughs> oh, that's a lot of that's a lot of travel. So how do you how do you balance everything, or do you find it find it tough? Um, well, in a sense, yeah, I know. Like, I'm grateful for, um, obviously, like my boyfriend. He does drive me a good bit as well. Like, I drive myself, but he knows when I'm tired, and he's like, "Look, I'll bring you up." Um, I actually only joined Setonian's dual status before Christmas and I only got two games with them, which was like, it was just due to, you know, Six Nations was coming up. We were in camp a lot. Um, and then also I had games with Tullamore and Tullamore was my first commitment. So yeah, it was a lot going on, but like I, I managed to juggle it, you know, and I also have a really supportive family. Like they knew when I was, you know, really tired, did help me out, you know, do things for me. It was like I'm lucky to have the the circle I do have, um. But yeah, and Tullamore really supportive of me playing dual as well. So yeah, it's just been a learning curve, like just joining all these different teams. <laughs> um, but it, in a way, it's great because I kind of get to to be in a different environment. You know, like I developed one skill in Galwegians, you develop a different skill in Tullamore, and then I'm developing another different skill in in so it's it's really interesting to see like at the same time and it must help when you say go into the con setup or the iris setup that you're getting used to playing with different players over the last couple of years that you're able to switch into a different mindset yeah yeah um especially like when i was moving to Galwegians, i kind of was like okay so we have like mary at nine nicole at 10 you know that's like basically connacht so I'd have more time with them. And I think that helped as well going into the Interpros last season because we had spent a lot of time together in Galwegians. We clicked even more. 
So yeah, and then then you're moving on to, you know, the likes of tens like Ellen Murphy and Claire Kyohan and uh, Larry. Like you know, it's the everyone has a different sense of style, and you learn to play off every different ten. And the same with your centre partnership. Like I'm very lucky to be playing with like the likes of Sene and Michelle Claffey. You know, I learn an awful lot from them. Both of them bring two different types of styles to the table. So I try to pick uh, pick their brains a lot. It's a good group around you when you're still learning your game that you can you have so much experience that you can feed off. Yeah, yeah. Like it, especially now going into the Irish setup, you know, um, it's it's been really different. Like, but I can I've come out like since September. I've improved. I'd say twice over in terms of my reading of the game. You know, even just fundamental skills like which way to step, how to read a player. You know, I'm constantly learning off other players all the time. Before we talk about your intro into the Irish team, how did you end up in Connacht? Um, I ended up in Connacht because I was in college in Athlone. And in terms of rugby, Athlone would have been a lot on the Connacht side of things with Buccaneers and everything. Now we had a team of like nine players, I think, but um, yeah. uh, a Connacht at the time, I don't know their name now, but the, a Connacht kind of scout kind of thing came in and she was looking at us train and she said, you should go for Connacht trials. And at the time I was kind of like Connacht, like, you know, I'm very far away from Galway in my head and I didn't drive. <laughs> <laughs> so then when I went back, you know, to Tullamore, like a girl called Jill Draper, she was playing with Connacht at the time and she was like, no, I really think you should come to the trials. And I was like, okay, sure. Like, you know, if I have a lift, I'll go. So um, a few of us went and I actually didn't make it the first time. Um, my first the, my first year, I I didn't make the trial and Nicole Fowley was playing centre and Emma Cleary. And Nicole ended up getting up injured. So they gave me a ring and they were like, look, would you mind coming in and training with us? And I was like, yeah, sure, why not? Like, you know. Um, so I got to play alongside Emma Cleary, like, and that was like, I learned an awful lot from her really quickly. Um, I also had to, because it wasn't very long until the interpros and I kind of thought in my head, like, look, you know, I, I won't, I won't be on the squad, you know, but I'm helping out here. I'm training, I'm developing myself. And then I came to the interpro week and they're like, you're starting against Leinster this weekend. And I was like, what, <laughs> you know? Um, and yeah, it was a huge moment for me. We were playing Leinster down in Tume and like it was a really big thing for me. Um, and ever since that, I've just been in the setup constantly. And uh, yeah, I don't plan on going anywhere else. You had a good season this year. How did you feel your own game was? I came in with my personal goals for myself that I wanted to achieve. You know, I wanted to better myself. I didn't have a great year the previous year. I never went in with any expe- like aspiration, look, I'm going to make Ireland. You know, I just said, look, I'm going in here to to prove myself. Um, and then we had a lot of fresh new faces, like in terms of coaching. We had Bino, we had um, Stephen Kearns, like he was really, really good with the backs. Um, and then we also had fresh new players, the likes of Maeve Dealey, Avian Riley, Bevan Parsons. You know, it was a really fresh team and fresh legs. And even just, I learned from them girls as well, you know. Um, so I went in and I like personally, I think I could have reached more, but I gave my whole heart into every game we did. And I'm I'm happy with that, you know. Um, yeah. I remember watching the final on my phone. I couldn't make it to the game. You were very much in that game for a good portion, but you just weren't able to make it over the line. 
against Leinster in that in that final. Yeah. Um I think we had such a high against Munster, you know, it was that was nearly like in our head it was like our final, you know. We had built everything up for it, that game against Munster and obviously we beaten them was brilliant and we had I think it was like a, a six day turnaround until the final or something and you know it was we didn't really mentally prepare and I think in our heads a lot of us didn't believe that we could do it you know we obviously had them girls that bet we beat Leinster that three years previous but like you know in to win to beat a team as good as Leinster you know them girls are they're really they gel really well and always have you need to 100% believe in yourself and I think that's what we lacked that day it was just that little bit of belief that we could do it you know we were absorbing everything that was going on you know the big hype on social media we were absorbing the crowd you know and then when it came to the game we were kind of like oh god we're here now you know and then we just kind of froze but no like I was proud of like completely proud of everybody who performed that day like every everybody to coaches to people who came to watch like it was a really great experience you know um it was brilliant we made history and it's great and hopefully we can do it again it's the first year the five game series is it must be nice to be a part of that and being a part of the journey that women's rugby is going on yeah no it's great like you know just even in terms of venues and things like that you know facilities especially with like the likes of the Irish girls are getting to train now up in Blanche and the facilities up there are great and like it's just it is coming along slowly but surely but we just have to keep pushing you know it's a big step up from your first game being in tune to having games into the sports ground even yeah that's it like and even going to Donnybrook like everyone loves playing in Donnybrook you know I was lucky myself being part of the Leinster League. We got to play our finals in Donnybrook, so I was kind of familiar with the whole setting. But some girls had never played in Donnybrook, and it's it's a big moment for some girls, like especially the younger generation, you know. But no, it, it's, it's a big step up, you know. And even social media coverage, it's getting better and it's getting bigger. And yeah, still a long way to go. <laughs> I do like you say the younger generation at the age of 22. <laughs> I feel like I'm a lot older <laughs> in my head. <laughs> but last year you got that call to enter to the Irish squad. So you were obviously doing something right in those interpros. I had gotten the call. I think Bino rang me on the Sunday night saying, look, you're expecting a call from Adam Griggs. And I kind of thought to myself, all right, like, you know, I I, I don't think he's going to call, but sure, look, we'll see, you know, that kind of way. And the next morning I was going to work and then, he rang me and in my head I was kind of like oh Jesus this is actually happening you know he's, he's on the phone right now and I don't really remember much of the conversation because all I heard was look I'm including you in the November series squad I was like what you know I I in my head if I got called up for Ireland okay they'd bring me up for the training and then they'd see what I'm like and then okay you can stay or you can go that was my kind of thought on it but he was like no you're in the November series squad and you'll be up training was um next week and Nicola Friday actually brought me to my first gym session I was so scared <laughs> and Nicola brought I stayed in Nicola's house that night and she brought me up and introduced me to everyone and it was it was great like you know it was grand but it was it was you know you're meeting the likes of girls that you've seen on telly you know and it was it was different it was very different like <laughs> it must be great to have Nicola kind of who's been there a, a year or two ahead of you 
to kind of help ease you in. Yeah. Nicola and myself had trialed for Connacht the same year. So we've actually been in Connacht the same length of time. We've always been close, like, in, in on the rugby pitch, you know. Um, and this year, her getting captaincy, like, she fully, fully deserved it. And she was brilliant. Like, I can't fault her in anything. You know, she, Nicola always has 100% belief in every single person on the team, you know. Um, she's great. And for her to step up and ask, look, do you want to come up with me? It was a great help for me because... Like, I was terrified to go up on my own, you know. So I, I'll thank her for that every day. <laughs> How did the November series go for you? I went to, personally, myself, I was kind of like, oh, look, they were going to Scotland and they were going to France. And I was like, look, I'm not going to be going there this quick. I'm only in here like two weeks. Um, And then my name came up on the board to go to uh, Scotland. And I was like, oh, God, you know, this is all happening so quick. And then when I got over there, I got, 30, I think it was 35 minutes um but when I got out to the pitch I was we had played tr- like three halves kind of three 30 minutes and um I got out to the pitch and the change of pace hit me immediately like I was kind of like oh my god this is like 10 steps up from it pros you know like I was blown <sighs> I was blown I couldn't breathe for <laughs> say for the first 10 minutes and um <laughs> I was actually then lucky enough to make a break and nearly scored a try. And then I kind of realized myself, Jesus, I can actually do this. You know, like I can, I can, I should be playing here. Um, the following week we went, or I think we yeah, had the following week we went to France and I got to go there. I was lucky enough to get to go there. Um, and it, that was a huge step up again because obviously France are, you know, they're really, really good. They're very professional, like even in terms of their training we got to train with them they're they're a whole nother level like ball game um which is great you know and like I got that bit of experience behind me as well you know to learn the environment that people are in you know before they go out to these matches the environment that you're going to be training in learning to be in a different country at the same time you know I, I didn't do much traveling before this you know the first time I was out of the country was going to Manchester really <laughs> that time of the sevens you know, so it was a heat like I'm like I was so grateful to get to go there. And the day before we left for France, my um, my granny actually died, and I was like, oh my god, how am I going to go here? You know, like I'll be in France and the funeral will be on. What am I going to do? Will I stay? You know, my mom and my dad and my nanny's family were all like, look, she'd want you to go. And my aim was to make the Six Nations training squad. And I just thought to myself, if I don't go to France, I don't think I will. So. I went and it was one of the hardest journeys I ever had to do, but it just shows you how much women do for like sacrifice to play rugby, you know, play all sports, any sport, you know, we sacrifice a lot. And that's what I sacrificed that time. That's huge. How are the rest of the squad that weekend? Because they must have been a big support even for you. Even you weren't <laughs> Nobody knew. I didn't, I didn't tell anybody. I told my roommate, uh, Vic, she was the only one that knew. And we'll wow. probably hear it on this podcast now and we're going to be like, oh, my God. <laughs> um, I told her and, you know, I, I went out, we trained, I came in and I grieved and then I went out and trained again. And to be honest, if I was at home, I probably would have been kicking myself, you know. So and I knew like my granny would want me to be there, you know, doing what I love doing. And that's what happened. You know, I, I decided not to tell anyone because I didn't I knew they would have been supportive, like, you know, that's but I didn't I wanted to be in a mindset of okay I'm going out here to do this for my granny and play for me and yeah 
that's a lot to take on on especially on your on your own especially when you're testing yourself physically and mentally in other ways that's yeah because it just to find a huge strength of character in you to be able to do that you know, it tested me all right but no like I was look it was very like it was just the time and it was it was bad and but look I'm I never go back and say look I regret not staying I was I'm delighted I went you know um really happy and I can never say that look look back and say look I shouldn't have done that you know um I'm happy that I did it and my family were supportive and my friends were supportive at the end of the day that so it matters and you were able to get into the extended six nation squad yeah off yeah. the back of that that's all i aim for you know like i never aimed to at that point i wasn't aiming look i'm gonna be starting in the six nations at that point i was like i really just want to be on that squad you know soak up that environment be in the six nations environment training like wise where girls heads at are at during this time where my head should be at when I, it comes to my time you know and yeah as it worked out for me well in the end yeah it did and what was the six nations like up until everything stopped uh, it was um it was heavy it was very heavy you know um i was working as well at the time so i was going i'm lucky enough my bosses they're they're also very supportive of me playing rugby and they were like um look, do what you need to do, you know, it's for a few weeks and we're fully behind you. So they let me work four days and then I w- were in camp the rest of the weekend. Um, so it was quite heavy, you know, I wasn't seeing my family as much. I wasn't seeing my boyfriend as much. Um, I'd see him Sunday evenings and then we got him to work on a Monday morning. Um, and then being in there, you know, like the pressure, you could really feel the pressure was on you know, um, everyone wanted to perform well. Everyone wanted to be either on the bench or on the pitch going out to them matches. You know, um, it was very competitive. But at the end of the day, everyone was like family at the end of it. You know, like it was it was just that time, you know, and you had to be in the right headspace. Um, every training, we like you go out, you have to be in the headspace of, OK, I'm going to put 100% into this. And then you go back in again and then you come out again. Okay, I need to put my next 100% in, you know. Um, so, yeah, it was tough, but I learned an awful lot, you know. And you say that you don't have a lot of time and it's like it's, it's a heavy time load. What would your average week be like? Say, take me to the week before the Six Nations began. Like, so you'd work the full week and then when would you go into camp? Uh, depended. I, now I'm thinking about it. Uh, we go into camp to Friday evening so sometimes I'd work depending on maybe if we were busy or not in work I'd work Monday to Friday afternoon I'd hop in my car I'd have my suitcase packed and drive up to Dublin Um, we would do we usually do maybe a gym session and a, like a light session the Friday evening and then you'd have a heavy day on Saturday and then because I was playing with Tullamore at the time um we'd have our matches on Sundays. So a lot of girls would get released Saturday evening to go play their AIL matches. But because I was playing Division 1, matches were on a Sunday. So I would leave um, early enough. I'd do a session on the Sunday morning, a, a mobility session, and then I'd leave to go play a match with Tullamore, which was quite hard after doing such a heavy Friday and a Saturday. Um, at one point, we actually went to Tullamore playing Stonians in Stonians, and I drove and... 
to be honest, I don't really know how I met it there, but I did. And I was exhausted, you know, but, and then I went back to work on the Monday morning and coming up to the Six Nations, I kind of knew that, look, I wasn't going to be in that, that first 15 or like the bench. So they released me to play my club games, which is great because they wanted me to get, like develop myself. Um, so I got, got to get my game time too, but it was, it was fairly, it was a heavy time, you know, um, yeah. Because you're not getting much recovery in there, especially when you're doing heavy session, heavy session, a big drive and a match and then a big drive again. Yeah, no, I like, but in fairness, like Orla up in our SNC coach, she did her best to try and like not make sure I wasn't overloading myself. You know, she knew I had the matches on the Sunday, same with the girls on the Saturday, you know, they wouldn't have went as hard on a Saturday because they were going to be going playing AIL. So they really looked after us in that sense. And then when I went back to play with Tullamore on the Sundays, you know, they'd be like, look, how are you feeling? You know, you don't have to, like, you don't have to play a full game if you don't want to. Just do what you can. Um, and that's what I did. Like, you know, I tried, went out and did my best. But it was more like, and at the time, you don't really feel it when you're in that mindset. You're like, yeah, I'm going, keep going. Yeah, keep going. It's come the Monday morning and you're going to work and you can barely get out of bed. <laughs> And they're like, oh, God, you know, this is pain, but this is what I love doing. It's great they have a job that is so supportive of you as you play rugby. Yeah, yeah, my bosses are very, um, they, they really look after me in that sense. You know, even in terms of being tired, they do say to me, look, if you need to take a day or rest, do luck. Um, and even <laughs> even when it comes in terms of work, my boss will always talk to me in terms of sports. He'd be like, OK, so... You know, you have to keep your strongest players on the pitch and your weakest on the bench, you know, this kind of way. So, yeah, he really does understand. And I'm really grateful for that. I'm lucky. Like, it's my, I started working there when I was 16, you know, and now I'm 22 and still working there. But um, it's mainly, I'm still mainly working there because they're just, they work with me so well and I work with them. So I give them as much as I can, you know. Do you feel there's any pressure to kind of, maybe get more AIL standard rugby to take the next step in your Irish journey? No, there'd be no pressure as such, like coming from anywhere. Um, personally, I feel that I need to be playing AIL standard to be keeping up with the Irish setup, if you follow me. Um, yeah. You know, uh, that's that's really it. It's, it's more personally, I, I feel I need to be in that pace of game, that environment, you know, playing against other international girls, you know, girls who I'd be training with at the weekend, you know. Um, so, yeah, like that, it'd be no pressure, really. It's just for my own sense of development, I think I need to be up there, you know. No, I get you completely. Uh, as I have you, and you did say your your first love was Kamongi, you have an awfully cap or two to your to your name as well <laughs> um I have last year I played a full year um awfully senior I was juggling Connacht and awfully senior at the same time um <laughs> I didn't plan on going to, into the, the senior setup at all but um I got the call and they also said look we'll work around your rugby um and at the time, I was more committed to Connacht, so I was going to train with Connacht more than I was with County, and I ended up starting with the County, and I was trying to juggle it all, you know. Um, the year before, I played Offaly Junior, 
Um, and I play in goals, like, so, yeah, we got to a, an All-Ireland semi-final and unfortunately lost to Dublin, but that was a great experience, you know, it was a lot of fun. You know, it kind of took away the seriousness of a sport at the end of the day, you know, like, you get to have that bit of fun. Um, that was very enjoyable. But, yeah, I've been I've been really in the county setup since I was under 12s, like, you know, I took a year, a few years out to play rugby, um, but went back in last year. I was actually currently, I was, once again, I started um, again, awfully senior. I was train, trying to train with them, and then got called into Ireland, and then I, it wasn't possible, you know, I just couldn't, couldn't yeah. juggle it all, you know, and they understood that. So, yeah, but no, Kogi was always my, 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 my base sport. <laughs> <laughs> And the training must be very different. It's because it's a different type of physicality and a different type of energy required. Oh yeah, even in sense of like I play in goals, so it's it's won't be out now midfield running length pitch now or anything. <laughs> but um, it's it's a totally different. Like if I come from a camogie season into a rugby season, I'd be a lot fitter from camogie. Um, and then going from a rugby season into camogie season can be a lot harder because rugby is a lot of start stop running whereas camogie would be a lot of constant running constant reading you know it was it's just kind of a different mindset but then as I went along I I've, I gradually was fine like with the transition you know um it, like camogie would start in the winter whereas rugby would end you know around February and the league then would start for camogie so at that point it was, it was handy like you know I was going from one sport to the other but now I don't know how it's all going to work with this whole lockdown thing um yeah. And is there anything that you were able to take from rugby or camogie into the other? Oh, well, I took the physicality of rugby into camogie, all right. <laughs> um, Jesus, unfortunately, a bit too much. You know, anybody who runs at me in the goals it just gets tackled. I'm, I'm due a yellow card nearly every match, <laughs> you know. Um, in terms of camogie, um, I think, like, obviously, I brought my camogie skills into rugby first. Um, my strength coming from like my upper body you know poking out the ball and stuff like that uh, it, it came for like going raw into rugby I br- only brought my camogie skills you know I did play a bit of football but I can't really kick a ball that well so um like I did bring a lot you know I even brought the mindset of having to train so much you know like I have to thank camogie for a lot of my rugby experience you know getting started um but yeah you do see a few aspects of the rugby come out to camogie because <laughs> the pictures I found of you while I was researching is all you handing off players pretty handily <laughs> yeah I, I don't know where the handoff came out to be honest no one ever taught me it. I think it was just it kind of came with it but no yeah I do like an old handoff <laughs> <laughs> it's a good skill for centre to have yeah yeah and I've really only been utilising now in the last in the last year um, I kind of realised from a few pictures and during the interpros, she's a hand off an awful lot, you know, especially to the face, but always an open, open hand. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, um, no, it kind of just came with, I never, was never really taught that kind of thing. But uh, the hand-eye coordination that came with, like that I have in rugby really came from, you know, the camogie and that. I get you. No, I get you completely. And going forward, what are your personal aims in terms of Connacht and Ireland and Tullamore? Um, in terms of Tullamore, 
I would like to be able to help, obviously, the under-18s coming up. I'd like to give my knowledge to them the same way as the likes of Jill did to me um, at that age. Um, in terms of Connacht, obviously, we'd love to get to a, a pro final again, but... I'd like to take the skills that I've developed with Ireland into an Interpro series and see how I do. Um, and obviously push push myself to the limit I know I can now. Um, and with Ireland, look, obviously we have a World Cup qualifiers coming up. Um, I'd love to be on the panel. Uh, so that's my aim. So I'm doing the best I can at home, you know, tr- working out, training to get myself stronger to go back in and do the best I can. With those World Cup qualifiers in mind, are you still in contact with the Irish management set up? Oh, yeah. Even at home or are they uh, on a regular enough basis? Every day. We're in, uh, we have our group chats going. We have our program every day. You know, they send us a prog- new program every week. Um doing your gym at home you know like whatever you have you have to use try and use um in our running you know I do the best I can with the r- with running obviously I don't have much grass live in a little housing state um and we still have to record our like our how we felt during the training you know our RPs um so they're keeping a close eye and every day we're I'm in contact with them you know that's brilliant uh Shannon I'm gonna let you go back to your to your afternoon your evening and Thanks for coming on to chat. It's been it's been great. Thanks very much, Paragon. Sorry about the technical difficulties. <laughs> <laughs> it's no problem. These things happen all the time. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thanks again, Shannon, for giving up your time. It's been great chatting to you. And don't forget everyone to rate, like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. I'll be back again next week. So until then, stay safe.